When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Genetics. What can it mean? The ability to perfect the physical and mental characteristics of every unborn child. In the not-too-distant future, our DNA will determine everything about us. A minute drop of blood saliva or a single hair determines where you can work who you should marry what you're capable of achieving in a society where success is determined by science divided by the standards of perfection one man's only chance how do you expect to pull this off i don't know exactly is to hide his own identity this is the last day that you're going to be you and i'm going to be me by borrowing someone else's congratulations what about the interview that was it Hey there, welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone. And JM is not with us this week. No. No, I don't he, think... He wasn't genetically superior enough. Oh, God. <laughs> to appear on the podcast. Let's start our podcast that way. <laughs> uh, just, I have to introduce the movie now. We're doing Gattaca this week. Yeah. We're not doing... like. Like, Some sort of Nazi documentary. No, or no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Although we'll get into that later with uh, with, with Gattaca. For sure. But before we begin with the movie, I just want to thank our Patreons. Those are the people that give one, three, five dollars. We just revamped our Patreon yeah. page. So now there's even more stuff to get at the three dollar level. You can get the podcast early, three days early. Um, and then if you go to the $5 level, you get a, a free podcast every month just for you. That's right. And we released a podcast for the patrons, which was Weekend at Bernie's. You'll never hear Weekend at Bernie's unless you are a Patreon. Yeah. And that's that's a sad thing. Dark timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting serious over here at Rewatchability. So you can go to uh, patreon.com slash rewatchability to get a bunch of bonus stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And I should also say that we're going to do a, a live show at the end of this month. Yeah, another one. August 29th. We're going to do Cable Guy. Yeah, at the Royal Cinema in Toronto. At 7 p.m. You can come out and see us live there. 
Yeah. We're going to be still living at that point, right? I think so. And yeah. we'll be showing the movie, so it's not just us. Right. Yeah, you <laughs> actually get to see a movie, too. You do get a movie included in the price of admission. Yeah, it's not like this podcast where you're like, oh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, do you want to tell me when you first saw Gattaca? Well, I think I saw it in high school, probably on the movie network. In Canada, we had this channel called the Movie Network. It is what it sounds like. It was really expensive Netflix. That's yeah. What it, was. it was like Netflix for $60 a month or something like that. And sometimes they would give it to you for free for like a weekend in hopes that you would subscribe. Yeah. Or sometimes they feel like your parents were, you know, if things were a little bit like extra the budget, your mom would just be like, hey, we're going to have the movie network until, you know, times got tight again. Then yeah. it's back to basic cable. Yeah, the next month. Yeah. Yeah, I always did the Oh, mo- but what a sweet month. <laughs> I remember that because I had so many um, movies taped off the movie network. Yeah. And they'd all have the warnings. Oh, yeah. Like the three warnings, like adult supervision is required. This is the rating. That's how you know it's a good movie. Yeah, exactly. Record. Uh, So you saw it on that. Yeah. And I remember it really sort of fascinating me because it's a lower key sci-fi movie. It all takes place on Earth, though there is like a space travel sort of element to it. Mm -hmm. And it's also like it's about DNA and genetics. And it's one of those sci-fi movies that like tries to reflect upon our society and tries to almost like predict what our society could be if we go down a certain route. Yeah, it was one of those movies that, like, I remember watching in my, like, philosophy class You're in high school. F- f- what? You had a philosophy class in high school? Yeah. You didn't have a philosophy class? No. Yours was only law. You just took law in high school. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Objection? <laughs> yeah, no, we had. you didn't take philosophy? We no, had a, I didn't take philosophy. You had what am, I, what am I missing? The meaning of life? <laughs> We yeah. didn't have philosophy. Our philosophy class was so weird. Like we, had, we just lived. Every class, there was like this new philosophical question that was like, uh, like, would you do this or would you do that? It was kind of like, would you rather, but like high school edition. It was very weird. Would you rather kill a man? <laughs> exactly. And take his money or not? What? What are you setting us up for? Reading sociopaths. <laughs> I remember, I remember this one. Like, there was one guy in the class that had an easy answer for every question, but it was always so crazy. Like, there was this one question where, like, the the uh, teacher was like, "Hey, uh, so you know, this woman's having like a lot of kids, and she can't support them, and the doctor's going in to perform a procedure. Should he tie her tubes or not?" Which is like crazy question. And that guy was like, "Oh yeah, gotta tie her tubes. Stop her <laughs> from banging around." It's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know that, but that's what you get from a high school. High school philosophy class. Just yeah. the weirdest, most awful answers. But we we watched this in the class and that guy was like, Oh yeah, no, you gotta give the kids all the all the cutting edge genes that they can handle. Anyway. Yeah, you gotta press anybody who's not perfect or yeah. who's Exactly. You know, has some sort of flaw that we perceive based on our own system of uh, yeah. judgment. As he picks his nose and flicks it. <laughs> it's just like anyway, so yeah. Did you like it when you first saw it? I loved it. I mean, I thought it was one of the most mind-blowing movies I'd ever seen. And it's it's a slower movie, and it has Ethan Hawke, who I think I was like a little bit iffy on the time about. Yeah. But I just found it like so fascinating, like all the stuff with Jerome or the real Jerome, who we'll talk about later, Jude Law's character. Mm-hmm. I, like that whole relationship, everything I thought was really interesting. So I th- I was surprised that this wasn't a huge movie. Yeah, it kind of got like sucked under the rug. Is that what rugs do? Yeah. Okay. 
in the future. Yeah, <laughs> they clean themselves. But it's like so that's like typically happens to sci-fi movies because the common people are not smart enough to understand. <laughs> oh, I don't think. So. Yeah, that's one. That's it. That's oh, okay, it. they gonna... need laser swords. <laughs> So you come down on that side of it, I see. Well, I All don't right. know. I mean, you know, at the time, and, you know, probably... This was 1997? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, like... All of the sort of sci-fi stuff was focused on the sort of space opera. Like mm-hmm. it was, it's all Star Trek, sci-fi, Star was in Wars, space. Battlestar Galactica, which is all cool. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't. It often doesn't really reflect upon anything that is sort of on the real world or it doesn't I mean yeah. you could argue that it does Star Wars is about Vietnam and Star Trek is about the Cold War or whatever right. but this you well know, it feels like you can put things onto those movies like you can say it's about that war you can say it's about the time it's, it's in but this actually like has something to say and says something yeah and like it seems like the not so distant future because like DNA testing, like, what's that CRISPR thing? That's a thing, right? <laughs> CRISPR-Cas9, yeah. It's not just a thing that you keep your vegetables in. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it also seems like the past because they're all wearing, like, 50s get-ups. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah it's very it, weird. It's a strange sort of future. And I, I loved it, too. I thought it was really pretty. I liked Ethan Hawke at this time. He was in Great Expectations, too, a little while. Yeah, while. that doesn't Like, around this up. time. Oh, no? Ah, no, really? I don't think so. I saw it. It was so pretty. It was I watched a pretty it a movie. couple years ago. Because yeah. it's Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, and it has uh, fucking... Gwyneth Paltrow. I was going to say Chris Cooper. <laughs> 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 yeah, everyone says fucking Chris Cooper. <laughs> He's it, great! Him and his fad diets. Um, <laughs> uh, Chris Cooper, I'm not putting coffee up my butt. <laughs> so, he can sell it more, though. He'd be hey! Like, you want to be a great artist? Yeah, you want to look like me? Put coffee up your butt. It's great expectations, man. <laughs> Low. <laughs> That's what I call my coffee enema. Yeah, no delivery, but great expectations. The director was Andrew Nichol on this film. Yeah. Who, who did, like, The Truman Show? Yeah. I mean, he, he wrote The Truman Show? Yeah. He's done, like, a lot of sci-fi. I like, I like him a lot, except for, like, In Time. He did In Time, and that wasn't... He also did uh, Simone or Simone or whatever you're supposed to <laughs> say with that. that? Yeah. Did which you... I don't think, which looked really fascinating, but I don't mm-hmm. think was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this was kind of his, because he directed this too. And so this was kind of his like big, big like try for the big leagues, you know? Yeah. Like he wanted to be the auteur. Well, it feels like it too, because it, I mean,. I don't know anything about him, mm-hmm. but it seems like it could be a very personal story. Like, all the elements are there, you know? Yeah. Even if it's not directly autobiographical, like, it feels very much like I'm telling my story and mm-hmm. I may not get another chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really personal story about a genetic Superman that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, I mean, you know. <laughs> um, no, no. It could be a pretty personal story. But, it, uh, but I mean, we'll, but it is. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, yeah, and 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 we'll get into that. I do I do remember liking it a lot when it first came out, and and loving it, and trying to get like my friends to watch it because I was like, no one's talking about this movie, and it's Why so cool. Why are they cool. talking about Gattaca? Yeah. So, do you want to run down the plot to Gattaca for people who may not have seen this movie? Yeah, I I who think we're not in my philosophy class. <laughs> I think that there's probably going to be some spoilers, like because you know, yeah, like there's a like there's some cool. I think twist to this movie. Okay. So if you do want to watch it, you should probably do that because we, you know, because we want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know. But if you've already seen it or if you don't care. Go on. Okay. Listen on. So it starts with a slice of white, <laughs> a crescent. Is it the You're, moon? Oh, God. This is so poetic. This is so nice. <laughs> no. What is it? It's a fingernail. Oh, my God. A fingernail falling from the sky. And then another one. <laughs> this is like a performance art piece you're doing. Your <laughs> arms are in the air. And then like a long sort of cylindrical thing. It's a hair. Yeah. <laughs> we see Ethan Hawke. He's getting ready for work. He's yeah. clipping his fingernails. And he's combing his hair. He's scrubbing his skin. Oh, God. It's like, it's like he's Patrick Bateman. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this so is his, like American psycho. <laughs> The whole beginning of that movie, all the they call those bigotures. What? Yeah, you you said all these poetic things about the nail and the follicle, and they called them bigotures. It's a horrible name for what that is. It's like giant things that they film to look oh. like small things, to look like they're miniatures. So you're saying those weren't really Ethan Hawke's fingernails? <laughs> no, no, unless he has like a huge thumb that we don't know about. They should call them maxatures. <laughs> Why, why, why is Maxitures better than Bigatures? <laughs> you just want a new name for the process you're going to reinvent. But so he's getting ready, and it's like really intense, even to the point where he like has these like fake finger prints that he puts on with like uh, blood under them. So yeah. it's a bit much, you know, for a beauty regimen. <laughs> you don't put new fingers ah, on sometimes, that? you know, if I'm going out. <laughs> But he's doing this all just to get to work. Mm-hmm. And we find out it's because this is the near future. Right. And he works at a place called Gattaca, which is a private space flight organization. Yeah. They're like, they didn't have those back then when this movie was made. No, now they do. Now they're a dime a dozen. Every, every billionaire has their space Elon agency. Musk has a Gattaca somewhere in the cushions of his couch. <laughs> Along with all those huge fingernails and, <laughs> yeah, and follicles, yeah. Yeah, gross. I know. <laughs> but we find out, he sort of like tells us that in the future they have genetic modifications for babies. Yeah, because that was kind of a thing. Like in 1996, Dolly came out, like they cloned a sheep for the first time. Yeah, that's right. They named yeah. it after Dolly Parton Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Uh, it was cloned from a mammary cell. Oh, is that actually the... That's what they say. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrible. I <laughs> So it was it was <laughs> This is why people think science. Like this is why like Trump supporters are like science. I don't know about science because of this stuff anyway. <laughs> no. Uh, they would be for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, so so this stuff was kind of on the cusp of happening at the time people were talking yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it still is. It's still like, you know, an ongoing sort of debate. But this was like really on, early on in the process. But Ethan Hawke, he plays this guy. His sort of real name is Vincent Freeman. <laughs> yeah. there's He's there's Morgan a, Freeman's son. <laughs> there's a lot of like hit you over the head with a hammer allegories and metaphors in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, we watched it when we were younger and I think that worked for us then. I think maybe that's why it didn't catch on with like the older movie-going audience back then. It's because They were like, I don't get it. Freeman? Is <laughs> he a slave? But he seems so restricted by society. It's weird <laughs> that he would have the name Freeman. Ah, it's funny. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield over there. <laughs> huh, huh, huh. This Freeman gets no respect. <laughs> and he doesn't. He doesn't because he gets raised as this, like, he's a god birth. 
Yeah. So he gets raised kind of like uh, with pillows around him and a helmet. Like his his parents are very overprotective. Yeah. And the whole... Well, in this society, like all all the people who are genetically modified at birth have a head start and sort of like they can do whatever they want. And everybody else who is given like a natural birth or sometimes it's like a faith birth. There's like mm-hmm. a weird faith thing sort of floating around yeah. but never really talked about. Yeah. Those people are sort of marginalized and they show us in sort of like a flashback narration. They show us Ethan Hawke's character being born. And the nurse, as soon as he's born, before they even name him, like just reads out a receipt of genetic defects, a- including how they assume he's going to die. Yeah. And when. Yeah, heart failure in like his 30s or something, right? Now, only seconds old, the exact time and cause of my death was already known. Neurological condition, 60% probability. Manic depression, 42% probability. Attention deficit disorder, 89% probability. Heart disorder, 99% probability. Early fatal potential. Life expectancy, 30.2 years. And you know what the most fucked up thing about that is? What? The nurse is Maya Rudolph. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's her, it's her first film role, and she's like, oh, yeah, you're going to die of potato ass. <laughs> 99%. Wait, wait. I didn't even... I, I saw her. I didn't see her, though. She, she's that. That's her? I think she's wearing a thing. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to fact check it. Because yeah, yeah. That's great if it is. That's really cool. It says she's in there on the IMDb, yeah. and there's like a lot of like weird cameos. Like yeah. Later, Ken Marino is one of the geneticists or something right. or the DNA sequencer yeah, yeah. but again I don't think we see his face because yeah, obviously D- we would recognize his goofy mug yeah, yeah Dean Norris is in this yeah, yeah. well he had any futuristic sci-fi movie <laughs> has to have a Dean Norris in it yeah and he's yeah. probably got to play a cop <laughs> yeah or like someone with a lot of makeup on or Marie know. I need my future crystals <laughs> <laughs> They're minerals, Marie. Come on. Um, so, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird cameos in this, but yeah, it's so mean of her to read out all these defects when they're just like, I, I need to name the child first. Well, they do Come that on. after, and like the kid's dad, they're gonna name him Anton after himself, but then he's like, ah, hey, let's call him Vincent Anton, huh? <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. Save that one for a rainy day. Yeah. Didn't you hear all those defects? I don't want that. Yeah. Come and on. his dad. Yeah. If it isn't fucked up enough, is Casey Jones. <laughs> I know. I thought the Ninja Turtles were going to come in and help this kid out, raise well, him right. they're genetic aberrations. Well, exactly. They Unless take you want on. a turtle baby. <laughs> you can order one of those. Can I get a turtle baby? <laughs> We've never had that requested. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Laurent. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I shall call you Michelangelo. <laughs> or Leonardo. Damn it. I need three of you. Yeah, uh, that was four. weird. I never realized when I was watching it the first time that it was Elias Coteus because he's like, you know, kind of big in Canadian cinema, mm-hmm. you know. And also in this movie, he has such a head of hair. <laughs> usually, usually he's like kind of like a little bit balder. But in this, I guess like, you know, through genetics, they just like, no, he's, he's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> they, they gave, gave him a perfect the, coif. The gene for, for good hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so so the kid has a hard time being raised because he also they have a, a brother and they go to select 
the the brother. Yeah, they decide that they want to take another. They want you know another one that is going to be perfect, and this yeah. time they're going to do it right. So you have they, to have two because one might be a dud. You know. Yeah, yeah they give them all the, the bells thing. and whistles. Yeah. Well, that's why people had big families in the olden times. You know. Yeah. So that like. If 18 Plague. of your kids died, there'd yeah. still be somebody left to look after you. Like the farm. When you were like 40 and old and decrepit. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you didn't live as long back yeah, then. After all the tobacco you smoked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so he like grows up in the shadow of his brother. And they have like this big like thing that they do where they play chicken out in the swimming. I loved this when I was a kid. Like I loved this part of the movie. Me when, too. Because it was just – oh, it was so great. And it was like one of those things – well, I love those those types of movies like Pursuit of Happiness or like those movies what? that like have the main character has everything against them and they still they still triumph in the end. Because like you have movies. everything against you and you want to triumph. No, no, obviously not. <laughs> that is not the case. But I feel like all of us can like really get behind those characters and okay. like want to see them succeed. See, uh, I saw the Pursuit of Happiness and I wanted him to fail bad because <laughs> he was Will Smith. That's the only reason. I. I don't know. Did you see the the real guy at the end? He was so happy and rich. Well, he, he I'm glad he found his happiness with I, a Y. I know. <laughs> I mean, happiness with a Y just equaled a lot of money. That's that's what happiness was in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's true, but I mean, there might be like that sort of like persecution sort of angle. I mean, it might not be always like deserved or something. Like it makes a good story. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why Rocky is great. And that's why yeah. like a lot of movies are great like that. But these characters are always identifying themselves that way. Like I'm the underdog. I can't do it. Like half the time it's not society yeah. who's putting it on them. Well, it's and that's themselves. why this movie is so great because he he's the one that believes in himself and is like, "No, I can do it." Yeah. Well, there's this whole thing they 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 swim out as far as they can and, you know, the idea is whoever, you know, turns back first loses mm-hmm. and uh, they they tell it all in voiceover narration mm-hmm. um, which I mean sometimes doesn't work but I think mostly works here well, and it has like a fast it's nice yeah to get through it it has a very like novelistic sort of quality because like you're getting like the character's whole backstory in one big yeah. sort of chunk but he ends up racing his brother and his brother struggles and starts to drown and he saves his brother's life. Mm-hmm. And Which is impossible. Yeah, because he's genetically inferior. <laughs> and after that, he like leaves home and starts a new life as like a wandering defect. <laughs> what do they call them? Degenerates? Yeah. That's a terrible word. <laughs> it's also way mispronounced in this movie. How do you think well, Gene Siskel felt? <laughs> Or Gene Simmons. Oh, he's an asshole. What, Gene Simmons is an asshole? Oh, Gene Simmons is an asshole. Okay. From Kiss? Oh, from Kiss. Who'd you think? I was thinking about Richard Simmons. Oh, Richard Simmons is an asshole. (laughs) All the Simmonses. They're all assholes. Not J.K. Simmons. (laughs) Well, he only plays them in TV. I didn't say Richard Simmons was an asshole. He's not an asshole. But yeah, I think it's 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 great. The whole beginning to this movie, it moves by fast. Some because some parts could be like pretty boring. Yeah, but it moves by fast, and I love the race like in the water with the with the brothers. And then he's uh, he becomes a janitor. That's at right. The, uh, at the because his dad gives him the idea because his dad's an asshole. Yeah, his dad's like, like you'll never be anything but a janitor. Why yeah. you read about space? The only <laughs> the only way you'll see the inside of a spaceship is if you're cleaning it. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. You want to do something with your life? Get a hockey mask and a bunch of sports equipment. Go out to Central Park and start fighting crime and meeting turtles. <laughs> hey, that's what I did. Look where I got. I met your ma. 
<laughs> like in the park. That's that's nice. So, and then we get back to the main story of him meeting Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, I mean, I knew you'd be excited about that because on the Mad Men podcast, Jam, he really, he really called you out. He was like, "What you like, Tony Shalhoub? What's he ever done?" Yeah, except and I would for like Gattaca. to point to this. Yeah, come on, he stretched Ethan Hawke's legs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a brutal scene. Stand straight. How did you hear about me? People. Any distinguishing marks? Tattoos, scars, birthmarks. Uh, I don't think so. You're serious about this? I hope you're not wasting my time. No, I, I, I give a hundred percent. That'll get you halfway there. That, that's an old addition, but I know it all by heart. By heart, huh? You realize the commitment is binding. You have somebody in mind. He finds someone who's Jude Law, who yeah. who matches, uh, who's like a not a perfect match, but a, like a, a similar person uh, in size and, and scope to, uh, yeah. to Ethan Hawke. And the idea is is that he will Don Draper it up mm-hmm. and take his identity, yeah, and then live as him, so that as Jerome. So that everybody thinks that he's the perfect genetic sample and he can sort of rise through the ranks at Gattaca and eventually fulfill his mission mm-hmm. of going to space. Of yeah. Which is a goal the stars. we can all get behind, you know? Why? Because <laughs> going to space makes everything on Earth better. There's nothing there, dude. It's, Just fucking rocks. Yeah, except, oh, God. No, there's so much there. Have you heard that Bowie song? Which, which Starman? Major Tom. <laughs> it's fucking depressing. So I think it's a metaphor for heroin. But also space. <laughs> No, it's space, too heroin. Space has given us like the zipper. It's given us <laughs> ooh the zipper. How do how do you do up your fly every morning? Buttons. <laughs> God damn it, you were ready for that one. It's given us cell phones. It's given us microwaves. It's given us life so, was better before those tang. things. Tang. Well, I'm not saying. Okay, again, you're not making a great point with the tang. <laughs> like the space program is great. Space mm-hmm. is great. Yes. But, like, as a personal sort of goal, like, it's these people who want to go to Mars, right? Like, yeah. what the fuck are you going to do once you get there? Terraform? Okay, that, bad example. <laughs> but you're probably just going to sit there and die. They're going to they're gonna die on a new world that no one else has ever been to. <laughs> yeah. They're expanding humanity to another planet. They'll probably put a plaque on your grave someday. <laughs> Yeah, like right near the site where they find like bacteria that shows us that we're not the only living things in the universe. Okay. There's going to be so many things. Ans- anyway, <laughs> let's not get me started. On- I okay, so- spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to go on. He's prepped to go on this one-year mission to Titan, which is a moon of Saturn, and he's like fucking ready to go. And he, uh, you know, it's weird, Gattaca, because you know, for an astronaut, it seems like it's a desk job. <laughs> He mostly sits at his desk, arranges his hairs. Yeah, he does that. Well, he's trying to plant uh, DNA from uh, the real Jerome so that no one finds him out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And people fall for it, man, like suckers. He has to be very careful because like, any sort of irregularity and he'll throw up a red flag and he'll be gone. So he's like vacuuming up all the like flakes yeah. of his skin from between the keys also, and putting d- new flakes of skin down. Yeah, and he does his whole Patrick Bateman routine 
in a giant person incinerator. <laughs> like, why do you need that incinerator? Like, I don't think it's a person incinerator. I just it's think it can be a... used for a person. <laughs> it's, you know, that's an incinerator, you know? I don't know. You started the podcast one way. I Like, this. it's horrible. Oh, great. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> it's horrible. I and, didn't think of that. I know. It's really bad. And, like, why does he need that? He All his DNA and all the stuff they're doing is in a lab right next to the incinerator that if anyone came in and they saw that, they'd be like, oh, you're impersonating someone because all their pee is in vials. Like, why did he have to burn all the DNA in the house that he lives in in this incinerator? Yeah, like, but why? maybe he could have burnt all of the DNA, like, in a big, like, woo! Like, just throwing it all in there. <laughs> just throwing it all in there. Oh, I was just having like, a barbecue. It's a, like, it's a paper shredder? I was just incinerating some documents. That looks like it's big enough for a person, sir. <laughs> Where Don't mind you... the Jude Law in there. <laughs> also, like, if this is the routine that someone who's stealing someone's identity is going through, wouldn't the cops just try to look for, like, people who bought people-sized incinerators? Like, <laughs> there's, like, an easier way to find these people. Yeah, but those, you'd have to. There's a lot of people who buy those in the future. <laughs> it's just big chickens to cook. <laughs> big chickens. Um, that's the future, man. <laughs> DNA. That's the future. <laughs> but we should say that uh, that Jerome. This is Jude Law's Jude Law's first role. Are you kidding? No, this is his first role. Before this, he did one thing on Broadway where the casting director saw him in and was like, he's going to be perfect for this role. Dare I say it's his best role. It's so good. I I mean, I've long since hated Jude Law, <laughs> even in movies where he's good. Like, I yeah. heard Huckabees. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's so awful, but I guess that's the character. But yeah. in this, he like... He really uses his bitterness, you know, mm-hmm. makes it work for him. Yeah. Well, and you don't like him at first. You're not supposed to like him. And it, it, you really do warm up to him. Yeah. Well, because he's somebody who has, like, won the genetic lottery. Mm-hmm. His parents got him fucking everything. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he's been in an accident. Well, we find out later that it's because he wanted to get in that accident. He yeah. tried to kill himself because he got second place in a swim meet. And he's supposed to get first. That's what his DNA told him. Yeah. So suck it up, man. It's all right. You've you ever gotten second? <laughs> Hurts, man. I, sure, yeah, probably something. <laughs> I got a lot of participation ribbons. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Participation's easy. Everyone gets one of those. If everyone who got a participation medal walked in front of a car, would be there'd be no one left. There is except for Jude Law. There is a psychology that says like the person that's th- the that's third has less. Like guilt and and remorse and self hate than the person who gets second in the Olympics. Huh? Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Also, that sucks. <laughs> Why do we pressure ourselves into that? Why but, do we pressure ourselves into that? But that's. I mean, this is the whole society in this movie is that everyone's supposed to be perfect because their genes are perfect. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, and I guess that would like also make it more of an impetus to be perfect at your job or your dream or your whatever you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and there's like examples of that later like ethan hawk goes on a date with uma thurman who is his co-worker mm-hmm. and they go to see a 12-fingered pianist <laughs> there's there's some limerick joke in that for sure there's some off-color rodney dangerfield joke there oh my god and speaking of pianists yeah <laughs> There's that guy who uh, does the genetic testing at Gattaca, oh, and yeah. every day Ethan Hawke has to come in and piss in a cup. Oh, yeah. And in the very first scene, I think the guy's name is like- Creepy uh, McCreep? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's like, 
You have an amazing dick, man. I love your dick. I love looking at your dick. What a great dick. He really praises that penis. He says, wish my parents had ordered me one of those. <laughs> well, why didn't they? If it's if it's the future and you can order anything, just order. It's very weird that people are at all different in this future. Well, I mean, that's... They don't explore that at all, but yeah, yeah, you would think that there would be a homogeny. And there might be some homogeny. Like, one thing that I noticed about this movie, like, there's this whole thing where Ethan Hawke says that now they have discrimination down to a science. Because you don't need to be racist or sexist because you know how perfect people are based on their genes. Yeah. That said, I mean, we do see, like, people of color in this movie, but they're always sort of in the background. There's no, like, people of authority who aren't, like, white people, white men. Well, and that's, like, the most awkward scene in this goddamn movie was the geneticist who was black who was like, so you requested blue eyes? Fair skin. I was like, (laughs) oh, Jesus. Like, oh, this is so awful on so many levels. Yeah. And and the movie doesn't really explore that because it does explore, like... Uh, look at this, like, you know, middle-aged white man being discriminated against in this movie. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, was kind of what the 90s was about, I think. And what, I mean, this decade is freaking turning into a little bit, too, with the Jordan Petersons of the world. But, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, it doesn't, for, for all the questions that it does raise, it really doesn't go into, like, race or gender that much. No, it doesn't. And I think, I think maybe smartly, just because they would have probably done it a disservice in the 90s from all the other 90s service For sure. I've seen. And, like, I do think it's, like, there. Like, when the geneticist says that, it's supposed to be pointed. Yeah, you know? I mean, he does, he does pause on that. But he doesn't say, like... You motherfuckers, like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he doesn't go, why? <laughs> Pray tell, did you want a fair-skinned child? <laughs> we'll, we'll get back into the movie and talk about the themes that it does bring up after this break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back. We're rewatchability. We're talking about Gattaca. Yeah. Talking about the ins and outs, the the subtle racism of it, uh, and and now we're we're still running down the movie and we're jumping into uh, the point where there is a a murder I know. at Gattaca. I had totally forgot about this part of the movie. I really liked it. It was kind of like this film noiry aspect of of the movie, where like it starts the whole like he's in danger because he's a de- degenerate or whatever they call him. Yeah, that's right. Well, so a borrowed the... ladder. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm a rented snake. <laughs> what? Huh? It's like snakes and ladders, you know? Oh, okay. I was trying to make like a... Shoot, I missed I it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. But mission director is like murdered with a keyboard. Yeah. And there's like a fucking slice through his skull. Yeah, how sharp was that keyboard? Fuck. <laughs> God damn. But they suspect, they find a strand of hair which is linked to Ethan Hawke's old identity yeah. as a degenerate. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so the one detective, Alan Arkin, he thinks that this is the way to investigate. And there's a, like a little bit, I think it's supposed to sort of be implied that like this is like a little bit racist of him. Not racist, but whatever like the uh, ge- equivalent Genoicist is. or something? Yeah, because yeah. like there's one scene where they Genoist? like where they round up a whole bunch of random people yeah. who are not who are, you know, yeah, degenerate faith births. Yeah. And they just like start like taking DNA samples. <laughs> they don't shoot them. They don't I should say that right now. They don't do that. <laughs> they just shoot them. No. No, they line them up. No, but it looks said, like they are. They're, they're like lining them up against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everyone's in trench coats in this movie. It feels it yeah. feels very like 40s, 50s. So. Well, that's like a thing. Like that's like, yeah, I fucking, I'm so tired of like the future noir sort of thing. Like, yeah, I get it, you know. And when you're playing with like noir tropes, like sometimes it's fun. But like, what was they're that? not going to be wearing fucking pinstripe suits in the future like everybody there's like a weird sort of what was that uh, that Matt Damon movie where you could go through doors it was like the adjustment bureau and they were yeah. all wearing suits all the time they were all wearing suits I was like alright or Get what about uniform. Dark City aren't they all wearing like yeah, trench are. coats and that yeah yeah it's like, what is this, you know, like I get that well, it's supposed to have like a mystery element. Yeah. And the, and the studio had a problem with that. The studio was like, why don't they dress differently? Like, why don't they, they're all dressing the same. And in a future where everyone is kind of the same, wouldn't they want to at least dress differently than each other? To yeah. Like, uh, or at least dress out? like differently than Don Draper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like in this future, men all of a sudden wear hats again. It's insane. Yeah. Well, and in the end, he goes up in a spaceship in a suit. And you're like, yeah. well, you know. And so he sent, uh, Andrew Nichols sent the studio 2001. Like they'd never seen it before. <laughs> they he probably this, hadn't. He sent the studio like a VHS copy of 2001. They're like, oh, what's this? Or they were like, fuck you, Andrew Nichols. Uh, but they all wear suits in that movie. But at the time, suits were thought to be a fad so they were like thinking that like things would change in the future and when oh what's his name <laughs> dave suit the inventor of the suit <laughs> yeah dave suit no the 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 director of 2001 i'm, I'm blank and oh no stanley, stanley kubrick. kubrick when stanley kubrick did that it was thought to be like kind of a risk really it, yeah at the time because they thought that like suits would like go out of fashion well, it's strange because, like, the suit has become such a symbol of, like, masculinity mm-hmm. and, like, authority, you know? Yeah. And it's it's so strange. And station in life, too. Yeah. But Which like, is kind of why it's, it's like, works a little bit with this movie because sure. everyone is a business. Everyone has a desk job, it seems. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff, too. Like, all of the other set pieces, like, they're very, like, it's trying to evoke, like, a sort of 40 sort of, like, white middle class or upper class sort of, like, American standard. Like, mm-hmm. they go to see they go to see the pianist play classical music. Right. And then they go to, like, it another... It can only be played with 12 fingers. Yeah. And no, then they go to another, like, fancy restaurant or something, and there's yeah. an opera playing. It, yeah. It's all very, like, you know... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. European. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like in this future America doesn't have any other influences. Like yeah. there's not even like rock music, you know? <laughs> Nobody wears t-shirts. No. No. And even like the cleaners uniforms are just like the cleaners uniforms. Well, they're kind of the cleaners uniforms of like the 90s. Yeah. They're all like overalls. Anyway, so the mission director that got killed, he was stopping the 
the Jupiter mission. Yeah. And so uh, the guy who really wanted to go through was, I mean, basically everyone. And you have uh, Ethan Hawke, who could be fingered for it. And you have Gore Vidal, who is the who is one of the. Yeah. He's his boss. He's his boss. Gore Vidal. That's a strange choice. It's a very strange choice. It was, and his acting is so wooden and weird. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not an actor. You know what? You really need to get him up with William F. Buckley to, yeah. you know, electrify him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you crypto-fascist! <laughs> um, and there's a bunch of other, like, Alan Arkin's in it, which is cool. Yeah, and Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine, yeah. Yeah, he plays, like, his janitor boss. Which is so weird. He's in it for, like, three scenes. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he sort of gets – Uma Thurman is supposed to investigate him Mm -hmm. and she actually suspects him, it seems to be, of being the degenerate or whatever. Yeah. But she's not a cop. She's like internal investigations. No, she's put on the case by Gore Vidal. Yeah, but Alan Arkin's the cop and he brings in another cop with him. Yeah. Who – I forget the actor's name. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean – He's the cop who, like, seems to, like, really want to solve this case. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's sort of, like, irking him. We, like, see at one point he's, like, looking at the picture of Vincent and then looking at the picture of... Uh, Jerome. Of Jerome and yeah. sort of, like, you know, comparing them. And we sort of find out, like, at the end of the movie, af- after they've sort of already uncovered who the murderer was and now that the mission's going to go ahead, they find out... That it's his brother. Yeah. And, like, I had sort of been... I'd forgotten about that as well, and I was sort of, like, waiting for them to sort of tie up that piece of the plot, and... uh, It's such a great surprise. I really liked it. it, I think it worked. Yeah. So you'd totally forgotten about the brother being in it. Yeah. And then... So it was a fresh surprise for you. That's great. I thought he was going to have, like, a scene where he went back to the beach and was like... I remember... Yeah, you remember the other swim... Yeah, there's yeah. something about he has a line where he's like, because he tells somebody like the way he was able to Beat swim his brother, yeah. farther that time was because he didn't save anything for the way back. I love that line too. It's full of some some good lines. But then, how did he get back? Because <laughs> you you always have fumes to run on, man. That's what he's saying. <sighs> Maybe um, you do. And uh, the, and so like things get pretty complicated. He takes Uma Thurman to the like this weird opera club. It's yeah. a jazz club but with opera. Oh yeah, and then uh, the police just like shake down everybody, even though they're genetically perfect. <laughs> what kind of future is this? Where even the genetically perfect can be oh, shaken down? God, awful. Um, what a dystopia. <laughs> well, and in the future, it seems like they've found the gene for committing any type of crime. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're like, he has no predisposition for crime. It's like, how do you – what gene is that? How do you solve for that? Yeah. Well, I can sort of see that. There's like – like we – people like rely on like their worldview and like in a worldview where like only the genetically imperfect can commit crime – it sort of makes sense, like, that that's what they would look for. Right. That's But, like, I'm saying, like, how does it even... Because crime is such a socioeconomic thing, and, like, we've known that for such a long while that it, I, it's just a weird part of the movie that, like, well, there's but, so much of it that does make sense, and that, like, definitely doesn't. Well, it all would feed into each into the same thing. Like, that's the other thing that sort of, like, irked me about this movie mm-hmm. is that it never really explains, like, how Vincent is able to afford this. Yeah, well... Because he, he works as a janitor? Well, like, he doesn't have to give any money up front because he gives 25% of his 
uh, future income to Tony Shalhoub. But then, but yeah. then he also keeps Jerome in the life he's accustomed to, which is really rich. Yeah. So he has no money left over for himself. I, I don't understand how it works either. Yeah, I try to explain it. That but. part didn't seem to make sense mm-hmm. to me. But also, like that, like even supposes that, like you know, even if, even if, like, there's a class thing to this too. Like, yeah. even Ethan Hawke must be able to afford this. There's got to be like some sort of vantage he has over somebody else. Or why wouldn't everybody just be one of these borrowed ladders? He has like a, a, a benefactor that's been following him. Up. No, I'm thinking Havisham. I'm, I'm thinking of Great Expectations. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's weird that he can afford it at all. That's totally true. And it's weird that though Uma, like, it, I kind of get that Uma Thurman is like. Uh, going on a date with him to try to figure him out, to try to suss out whether he's the killer, while at the same time kind of falling for him. That's like the the film noir of it all. But then when they leave the place, he punches a guy several times and then kicks him while he's on the ground several times to escape. And she's like, what are you doing? And they run from the cops. uh, And he tries to explain. She goes, don't explain. And then they kiss. What? I don't understand for like, wow, he's the killer in her mind. Then he just like beat someone up. If he's like genetically perfect and has no predisposition to crime, then he couldn't have done that. So he must be the killer in her eyes. I don't. Yeah, but Blaine, if you had a chance to make out with a killer, wouldn't you? <laughs> no. Oh, I listened to Dirty John, man. That podcast. I listened to that podcast. You haven't heard Dirty John? No. Oh God, what is that? It's it's about this really, really stupid person that goes on a date with a very very sick person oh. uh, and then that sick person does awful things to her family okay uh, but yeah so don't go on dates with serial killers it's gonna end badly good advice yeah i will cancel my date tonight <laughs> that that one girl out there is like he just called me a serial killer i should start yeah I'll kill him just like i killed the others <laughs> um so, yeah, it's weird. And then later on, she finds out that he, like, used Jerome. So, and then she's surprised at that point. And I was like, how are you surprised? Like, he just kind of blew the whole thing wide open when he assaulted a person and yeah. kicked their head when they were on the ground. And that person's probably dead. Cool at Ethan Hawke. Well, she's somewhat, I mean, he had a 80% genetic disposition to survive kicks to the head. So <laughs> he's probably fine. <laughs> His parents were like, uh, the genesis was like, do you want him to have a hard skull? And his yeah. dad was like, yeah, better give him an extra hard skull. He's got uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, foot coming to him. <laughs> he has a 99% chance of being kicked in the head by Ethan Hawke. <laughs> but what child that, doesn't? On that, re- <laughs> on that receipt. Ethan Hawke just going around, taking <laughs> names, kicking heads, uh, <laughs> taking identities. Um, so he says here you're going to have a boyhood. <laughs> Oh, man. So he... Uh, no, but I can sort of see how she would... Because uh, she's sympathetic to him because she, although is genetically superior to most people, like, we find out that she has, like, a heart defect as well, and sure. she has to, like, take these pills, and she can never go to space. And and I do love that scene where she gives him a piece of her hair and says, if you still want to go on a date, you can talk to me. And yeah. he lets it go. He's like, oh, the wind got it. Because earlier, like, we see a scene where she goes to, like, basically this bank kiosk thing yeah. and tests his DNA. This is just how they date in the future. You give yeah. somebody your DNA and they bring it to the thing. And if it's, like, you know, good enough for me, mm-hmm. which honestly 
Sounds great. What? No. <laughs> no, I, it's just it no, takes a lot of the, Rob. like, you know, you don't have to buy as many drinks that way. <laughs> just one drink to get their DNA. <laughs> wow. Yeah, to swab it. Yeah, I just take the glass. <laughs> Awful. Awful. You're participating in this horrible Gattaca dystopia. Yeah. But he goes to space. Yeah. But not before having, like, one last swim with his brother mm-hmm. and beating him. And I liked... I like that moment as well because the sort of, like, thing is that, like, his brother, as good as he was, could only be a detective. Like, right. So he sort of, like, has bested his brother even with his, like, you know, right. flawed I love DNA. that there's such a hierarchy to jobs in the future, too. It's like detective is one thing, but astronaut, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it sort of seems like communism, don't you think? Yeah, well, I mean, except communists never gave the appropriate person the job. You know, it's always right. like put the intellectuals in the factory. <laughs> but right, they got to work with their hands. You know, here, like it's still somebody telling you what to do or who to be or yeah, you know, for, for sure, and, and genetically making you want to be that thing. And that's this, weird. And at this point in in the movie, like they found the killer who was Gore Vidal. You know, that was bound to happen. He has the name Gore in it. I know. He loves Gore. And that's just after his brother discovered that he's been living this this double life and has discovered Jerome. And so Ethan Hawke is like, well, I'll swim with you. He's like, I'm not going to let you go to space. I'm going to tell them. And he's like, well, we'll swim again. And if I can beat you, then I'll go to space. And he does. And then we never see the brother again. That's just like done. No. The brother just like swims back and is done. I I just think he I think he lets him drown after that. <laughs> he just lets it. He's like because he he's looking up at the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and, he just then, let... and then the next cut is him with Uma Thurman. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> and then he he goes for the last test. They they pee test him for the last oh, test. Oh yeah. And this is a great scene too because he doesn't have the he doesn't have Jude Law's urine on him. Which is a good day, I yeah. feel. Let's play a clip of that. What is this? New policy. Flight got you nervous? Well, there's a problem, Lamar. I never did tell you about my son, did I? He's a big fan of yours. Just remember... That I was as good as any, and better than most. He wants to apply here. I could have gone up and back, and nobody would have been the wiser. Unfortunately, my son's not all that they promised. But then who knows what he could do. Right? And that's great. I mean, that's, I, I don't know, I... I love the interplay of both dialogues. They're like going at the same time. Yeah. And then he finally reveals like, you know, you give my son hope. And yeah, because it's even humanity's like best intentions to like make whatever perfect. Like, of course, it's not going to work. Yeah. And there's always going to be somebody who is, you know, marginalized or like not allowed to participate in the same way that everybody else is. So yeah, if you're striving for perfection. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole idea of striving for perfection is, you know, yeah. Do, doing away with, uh, yeah, with interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> Anything great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which the end of this movie, the original ending, was going to have. It was going to have all the people throughout history, like the great minds in history, and how they would have been eradicated in this future. 
And so the message was this future is not something we want. You know, this is going to be a yeah. bad thing. And so they're like, you know, Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein and JFK and like all, all these all these people that were genetically inferior. Yeah. Uh, would have been. Well, killed. it would have been everybody. It we're all genetically inferior. It would have been everybody. Yeah. 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 Did you know that this movie was sort of not cited? It was like ripped off by Rand Paul. Or really? No, sorry. What he did, he like ran. Yeah, you Weird. know the one. Yeah, he was uh, trying to make like an abortion point, and he cited Gattaca. Wrong movie to cite for. That's so funny. But he was called out because his speech, the way that he describes it, was taken exactly from the Wikipedia entry for Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, like I don't know. Bless his heart. Now, a genetically that's... perfect, Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> would have written his own opinion about Gattaca. That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's the sort of problem with like any sort of sci-fi satire sort of like thing is that there are people who seem to fucking not get it. Well, yeah. And I think that's the we, – we talked about this uh, before on the, on the podcast that satire can just be used by both sides yeah. uh, to bolster their arguments. And um, and I think in some way, like sci-fi, when it when it talks about the stuff, it can too. I I do like what it brings up. I like this free will versus determinism thing. That like, can he make his own path beyond the determined genetics that he has? And I, what what do you think, Rob? Do you th- do you think there's free will out there? Do you think there's pre uh, determinism? What what do you think? Where do you fall? If there was free will, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Yeah, but that's just the gun I'm pointing at your head to do this. <laughs> Let me leave, Blaine. <laughs> Be funnier. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, – I th- I think – I don't know because this movie, there's there's a lot of if – you, if you watch this movie, there's a lot of like predetermined things that make it so that he will succeed in the end. Right. Beyond his predetermined genetics. I, his, that, pap- that printout should have said he has a 99% chance to succeed outside his – <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just because, like, you know, he gets that read out. He doesn't get his father's name. He gets, like, laughed at and not get – he's basically Rudolph. And he then, like, has to prove himself more than anyone else does. And so I feel like that's the type of determinism that made Holy him – Holy shit, this is just Rudolph. Not my Rudolph. <laughs> not my Rudolph, though Rudolph she's in it. Reindeer. Though she's in it. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I see know. what you're saying. I, I sort of think that – Free will is just a sort of – it's a big bundle of factors like environmental and yeah. this and that. And, you know, there might be some like sort of like quantum choices like one sure. millisecond you would go this way and one millisecond later you go that way. But, yeah. Uh, you know. But I think that's kind of all math. At the Like, you know, the Big Bang happened and all, all these little billiard balls have been bouncing off each other ever since. And, Everything's math. Yeah. You know, so... And also, like, I don't know. I think the I think people can point to this movie and be like, see, every, that's the American dream. And, like, everyone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and all that stuff. But it, I don't know. This is a movie, too. I think, like, a lot of things determine how you do in life. Yeah. Well, he also doesn't take down the system or anything. No. Like, he doesn't fix it for anybody else. He just goes up to space for a year, comes back. We don't know what he does after this. No, we don't. You know, take a train ride through Europe. Yeah, well, come back. Meet somebody nice. Come back and find his best friend incinerated. Because oh, Jude yeah. Law killed himself when he went up to space. Yeah. That's so uh, – I hated that part of the movie because it was so unnecessary. And I liked Jude Law's character by the end of the movie. Well, the, the thing that I found sort of problematic about that was that, 
like it sort of suggests that maybe di- disabled people don't have a reason to live like long and fulfilling lives. Yeah, well, or it was saying that in this society, in that society that they built, they didn't because sure. like I think he couldn't hardly leave the house. Even his own house wasn't designed for someone in a wheelchair. Yeah, he had to crawl up the stairs in that great scene where he's like trying to crawl up the stairs. And for sure, and in a society where like we look at like you know a risk of heart disease as a major flaw somebody yeah. who you know is injured or doesn't have total mobility is totally going to be like looked down upon or not going to be able to participate in society yeah. in the same way so like perhaps he doesn't even try because it's even fucking worse of course that means that there should be another movie about like disabled people trying to work at Gattaca <laughs> trying to look like Kind of Star- they can walk. It stars Johnny Knoxville as The Ringer. It's going to be a great movie. It's going to be a great... No, I... Yeah. The other thing, I watched uh, some featurettes from the from the Blu-ray on this, and there's a guy that was like, we already do this. We're already ge- geneta- geneticist or whatever, genomicist, because we... He said, like, in New York State, we look at someone's genes to determine if they pay $500 more a year for car insurance. And... Yeah. Uh, and he was like, "That's anyone with a with a Y chromosome." Um, Bam! Boom! And I was like, "All right, yeah." Men's I mean, rights. <laughs> yeah, that's what this whole podcast is about. That's what we're leading up to. <laughs> no, no, Rob, no. We will. No. Anyway, so it was. I I kind of balked at that because I was like, "Whatever." I mean, statistically, men are going to get in more accidents than women, so like, I understand why it's more expensive. For uh, for men insurance, but also like you can use statistics to do a lot of things. Like statistically, red cars get in more accidents. So you actually, if you buy a, a red car, it's like a little more expensive on your insurance. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird. And where do we draw the line? And like, there's. I mean, also- I would draw the line at not having a difference in who what you pay for car insurance. Why can't everyone just pay the same for car insurance? I do not drive. <laughs> Well, nobody also, will insure me, and also like it's not because of the chromosome. With, with a with a baby, I killed a like, man. <laughs> Jesus. Two mans. No, no, they're called men. Jude Law stepped in front of my car. <laughs> he got second place in life. Oh God! Yeah, in that race <laughs> that you guys were running, you too. But like, where would you draw the line with a kid and and putting? Because they've already they've already used CRISPR Cas nine to. Uh, to take a gene out that a person was like ninety percent certain of getting like a really bad rare disease, so they they took that out. Yeah, I think in some. I mean, I know, I know, know, it's a quagmire. I mean, I do think that like you know, if there's like significant things that you can correct before birth, then that would probably be a good idea. But you're right. I mean, it does lead down to like, shouldn't we just make our babies super babies because? You know, don't we want our babies to not only survive but be the best and have the best chance and be happy and like? like but the more attractive you are, apparently, the more happy you are. But it's totally, it's totally going to be a thing that like the one percent or like the wealthy use to maintain the their wealth and power. I mean, it's going to oh, be yeah. a thing that like rich people have access to and poor people don't, and you know. Yeah, for sure. So that's probably why like the Gattaca future is still like ninety percent white. Yeah. Because they're the only ones who can afford it. Right, the ultra-rich. Yeah. Oh, God. That's depressing. That's really depressing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I think that's a good ending note for the podcast. Just a whole How bunch are of you going to customize your baby? I want a rear spoiler 
uh-huh. my baby. Some rims. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, streamers. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put a card in the spokes. It's going to be pretty sweet. No, I don't think I would. Like, I don't know. Life is great when it's an accident. Yeah. Like, I don't, when when I plan, when my fiance and I go on trips, like, she gets, like, days to plan everything. And the days that I get to plan everything, I don't plan anything. Did you have the- to be rescued once? <laughs> Yeah, yes. But that was the trip a that genetically I... genetically superior Blaine would be able to go yeah. camping and not have to call in the fucking Coast Guard. It was a big storm. There was a headwind. We couldn't canoe out, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you had an 80% chance. Oh, God. That's so embarrassing. Yeah, but... Though, like, but that's that's a trip I planned, Rob. It's the it's the it's the days that I don't plan that you meet random people and you do right. random things. And accidents are wonderful things to happen. And there are some like scientific discoveries that are sort of made by accident. Silly and- putty was going to be tank treads in the Second World War. Yeah. And without that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a war. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. We did love that war. <laughs> But we got silly buddy is what I'm saying. Oh, God. Yeah, but also, like, you know, all the rubber came from, like, South America, and there was, like, all this, like, slavery that yeah, happened. Yeah, okay, so maybe not. It's not the best So thing. all technology is inherently bad. But <laughs> but not Tang. Yeah. But not Tang. It's gross. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't even give me that. Anyway, do you think it was rewatchable, Rob? Yeah, I really enjoyed watching it again. It's a little bit slow, uh, but I think that it really pays off. And, like, I thought at one point, like, there wasn't any more story left to tell. But then there is? Yeah, like, I, I guess there's a murder. Scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a murder. That happens. So you I just... kind of don't buy Gore Vidal as the killer, though. <laughs> no. Unless it was Christopher Buckley. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I killed him. Everyone knew I killed him. <laughs> I told him I'd use my words. <laughs> I just he assumed I would type them first. <laughs> yeah, sharp words. Sharp words. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's it's so rewatchable and there is a lot that I totally forgot about um this movie when when rewatching it, so it was nice to catch up on it. And I've been wanting to do it for a while. Me too. Cuz it's uh it's it's one of those movies that you don't think about too too often. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to your head, you're like, oh, I want to see that again. Yeah. And we, we're always talking about movies that, you know, everybody remembers mm-hmm. or, you know, were a huge part of somebody's, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. And this is like a smaller movie that I don't think a lot of people really remember, but is worth actually checking out. Yeah, for sure. It's I think it's also a really pretty movie. Great uh, cinematographer on it. And the production design was done on the cheap very well, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and like you mentioned, this was written by the same guy who did the Truman Show. And it does yeah. have like a, the same sort of like big story sort of feel to it. Like, yeah. you know, it yeah. really, it's, it's an expansive you know, uses expansive themes exactly, and they're and they're pretty on the nose. And I think it's a well written script. I think it's uh, it's just a pleasure all around. Yeah, to watch. So rewatchable. It's the, rewatchable. The, the stamp of rewatchability. It's approval. genetically perfect. <laughs> no, there are no, no flaws. No, no movies should be genetically perfect. Well, they do. They test screen them. Yeah, they do. It's they scientific. Do. Oh God, they uh, took out all the farts in this. Yeah, all, all those fart jokes at the beginning of the first cut. Oh, I wish those were all in the deleted scenes of this movie. So you can uh, you can check out the rest of our catalog on rewatchability.com. If you want to uh, to give us a bit of money every month, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. It's just a bit of pocket change you can yeah. throw away to get some cool things. And you can go to... We'll send you our DNA. 
You can go to T Public to find T-shirts with rewatchability logos on them and some other fun stuff. You can watch the live show August 29th at 7 p.m. at the Royal in Toronto. Yeah, come get some of our DNA. You're going to say DNA for every single one, eh? Yep. Okay. You can go to Facebook.com slash rewatchability. You can see us on Twitter at rewatchability. And is there anything else they can do? You can you can uh, go into our genome, which has been sequ- sequenced online, mm-hmm. uh, and you can uh, you can design us if you'd like. Are we going to ha- get that capability? custom custom rewatchability? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you can choose your rewatchability host, host from now on. Ones that can actually talk. That'd be nice. Well, I like the flaws. <laughs> oh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.